in my mother tongue bangla golpo is a curious word it means story a noun and it also means conversation the verb i have grown up to the wonderful sound of golpo stories and conversations that have shaped me to be the storyteller that i am today in this brand new season of golpo stories from around the world me your storyteller rituparna will continue to bring you stories that have picked me yes stories pick me they really ask me to tell them they poke punch provoke and push me to tell them but before they do all of that they speak to me lighting up my mind and my heart in ways that only a very special story can do and in this podcast i bring to you some of those special stories these are just some of my stories hand picked and tucked in my story bag so i can tell them to you when the time is right are these stories for children or adults well they are for anyone who has a heart beating for stories and i really hope that this podcast helps you discover that inside you play this on your way to work to put your child to sleep to create a moment together as a family to share an idea with your team find a dose of inspiration creativity or a fresh perspective perhaps let these stories be your companion when you want some quality time with yourself like i said you will hear a story today and i hope it stays with you and lights up your heart and mind like the way these stories do for me Somewhere in Turkey there lived an animal seller and his wife Abdul reared and sold animals he had reared camels goats and cows when his animals were reared and raised Abdul would tie them up and pull them to the bazaar to sell them everyone knew about Abdul and his animals he took good care of them and they were really healthy everyone wanted Abdul's animals also because they knew abdul could be fooled easily you see abdul was weak in matters of money numbers worried him anything he had to count he would get all tangled up his throat would dry up his hands would get sweaty his brain would freeze as a result he sold more for less he miscalculated his animals and change and always came back poorer than he meant to now everyone knew this about abdul his customers his peers his friends and his wife everyone teased and tricked abdul about it everyone except his wife aisha abdul's wife tried her best to teach abdul the way of numbers she was as patient as she could be until abdul kept messing up all his numbers and counting all over again Aisha by now was beginning to lose hope. Now there came a time when Abdul's donkeys were ready to be taken to the bazaar. As the days started to roll closer, Abdul began to get anxious. On the day of the bazaar, Aisha kept an eye on Abdul as he tied up his donkeys. 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 
Abdul tied his donkeys, counting them one by one. He patted them on the head and counted again. He checked their bells and counted again. He stood at the start of the line and counted again. Then walked to the end of the line and counted again. Seven, seven, seven. Abdul had seven donkeys to sell. He went over the number over and over and over again. How many donkeys are you taking, Abdul? asked Aisha. Uh, uh, seven, Aisha. Abdul hesitated. Now remember, we have to sell seven donkeys and you have to bring back money worth seven donkeys, reminded Aisha. Abdul left for the day, worried and anxious about the journey. Seven, seven, seven. Abdul had seven donkeys to sell. He went over the number over and over and over again. He couldn't go wrong this time. A little way along the road, Abdul decided to count the donkeys. He sat on the first donkey, turned around and started counting them. One, two, three, four, five, six. <gasps> Abdul counted the heads behind him. The seventh? His seventh donkey was missing. He got off and counted them once again. One, two, three, four, five, six. Ah, seven. The donkeys were all there. Abdul climbed the last donkey and started off again. A little while later, he got anxious and began counting. One, two, three, four, five, six. Abdul counted the heads ahead of him. The seventh? His seventh donkey was missing. Abdul began panicking. He got off and counted again. One, two, three, four, five, six. Ah, seven. The donkey was back. What's with the seventh donkey? Where was he going away and why was he hiding? Halfway down the road to the bazaar, Abdul stopped at a roadside inn. The innkeeper looked at Abdul's donkeys. You have fine donkeys, Abdul, he remarked. You see, uh, seven, right? One of them keeps disappearing every time I climb them. What a nuisance, said Abdul. The innkeeper smiled and nodded knowingly. I see eight. I see eight donkeys, Abdul, he added. Eight? Did he really have eight donkeys? Seven, seven, seven. Abdul had seven donkeys to sell. He went over the number over and over and over again. I, I have to sell seven of them. Now, now where did the eighth donkey come from? Did I have it all along? Did I count my donkeys wrong? Abdul was too ashamed to ask for help. Abdul decided to drag the donkeys the rest of the way. He had had enough. The bazaar was a long way to go and he couldn't risk losing any of them. At least he had seven to sell. Not too big a loss, right? donkey is one of my most popular stories. I tell it in classrooms to children, 
in teacher trainings and workshops for storytellers. I have performed it for parents, for young adults and for people and professionals at workplaces. The Eighth Donkey is a gentle tribute to the poor defenseless donkey who is ridiculed in every story one may have heard. Just Google donkey stories if you don't believe me. The Eighth Donkey, at the face of it, is a counting story for children. It's a good story to teach place value and numbers. It's a story that makes Abdul's weakness, inability and struggle with numbers real. At the hands of a good teacher, this story can be turned around to help Abdul learn numbers without making a joke of him or without ridiculing his inability to count. If stories have the power to build empathy, here is one story that will test you and your audience's endeavor and patience to help a character out. I am Abdul. I have been Abdul since I was 10, which is why I tell his story as if it is mine. I have lived with the shame, guilt and fear of numbers all my life and I completely, completely understand how Abdul feels about it. Have I been tricked and cheated? I hope not. But I have been in situations where people have negotiated hard on money talks, pushing me back against the wall. Sometimes the negotiator knows that about me and sometimes they use it to their advantage. They make me feel that whatever they are offering is the best thing that I can get and that I cannot negotiate hard. Well, you see, I know Abdul's story and I know what happens when somebody tries to fool you. In most situations, I've learned to negotiate back. I've learned to count the steps, which makes me feel like a better negotiator when talking about money. Abdul's story, his inability with a basic skill, is a reminder to all the times when we have felt a challenge at work. If not numbers, there could be another thing that makes you feel, or even worse, look like a donkey before others. I have always asked this question to adults and there have been silent nods of agreement. If you're listening to this story right now here with me and I'm sure if I ask you to think of a moment when you felt like the eighth donkey, you would have a couple of, couple of memories popping up. The story is a reminder of our weaknesses that we are too ashamed to admit. Addressing the donkey in the room is important. Tell this one in your next team meeting. Share your own donkey moment and let others see you in a new way. Let me know how this works out for you. I have a video version of this story. Remember to check the link in the show notes below. If you're telling this story to kids, here is one way you can tell it. For all of you others, you can still watch the story and have a lot of fun. Thank you for listening. Golpo Stories from Around the World is a podcast of stories that spark conversations. You will find a bunch of traditional tales in here, retold and bridged with the world that we live in today. A story grows only when it is told. So go ahead and share these stories in the classroom, in the boardroom or in your living room. And come back to me and tell me what did everyone say? If you like my stories and want to support this podcast, then you may want to gift a story, a little contribution to make storytelling sustainable for you, me and others. To know more about my work, you can look up www.yourstorybag.com. 
I have a weekly newsletter. Follow the sound of my stories with the hashtag Storytelling with Rituparna. You can connect with me on social media. The links are in the show notes below. Until the next story, happy storytelling.